from the team at CTS, this is the Time Crunch Cyclist Podcast, our show dedicated to answering your training questions and providing actionable advice to help you improve your performance, even if you're strapped for time. I'm your host, Coach Adam Pulford, and I'm one of the over 50 professional coaches who make up the team at CTS. In each episode, I draw on our team's collective knowledge, other coaches, and experts in the field to provide you with the practical ways to get the most out of your training and ultimately become the best cyclist that you can be. Now, on to our show. Sport drinks. We all use them and we all have questions about them. As I look back on conversations I've had with my athletes about fueling strategy for events, I find myself giving the same advice when athletes ask, what's the best sport drink? My answer is, it depends. I then walk through with them through various considerations of why different sport drinks will work at different times and sometimes using two different ones on the same day. And we should always have a few different options in the cupboard for these different scenarios. And because I have this conversation so often with athletes, I thought it'd be a great topic of conversation for the podcast today. Now, I brought on an expert to have this conversation because she's going to enlighten us far more than I could. And you've heard from her on the Time Crunched Cyclist podcast before. So welcome back, Kristen Arnold. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. And for our listeners that are thinking, wait, wait, I know her. Yes, you probably do. We did a couple different episodes where we kind of went deep on, on various topics. Some of what we talk about today is going to be just a quick refresher course on some fueling strategies, but then we're going to go deeper into sport drinks. Um, but Kristen, since you were on the podcast last, you've had a couple changes in your professional life. So could you, uh, enlighten us with what you've been up to since we last podcasted together? Uh, yes, I love talking about my new job. I now work with USA Cycling, and I'm the Women's Development Road Director. So I primarily work with the national team programs, uh, with the junior women, but I also work with the U23 and the elite women programs on the road. So cool. Yeah. And, um, through various channels, Kristen has now kind of become a trusted colleague in my circle of performance with athletes. So, um, it's cool to not only talk with her on the podcast, but talk with her, uh, various uh, degrees on the phone as we clip along here. But today, Kristen, uh, we're going to pick your brain on fueling and in hydration in particular. So, uh, just kind of a reminder from what we talked about last, we talked about some sport drink composition and also fueling considerations. First, can you tell us what to look for in just in general, when you're looking at what goes into a good sport drink? So when we're talking about sports drinks on this podcast, first, I want to clarify that these are generally meant to be used during exercise. So there are sports drinks, um, that are designed to be used outside of exercise, but we'll talk about those. But primarily we're talking about during exercise. And for that reason, the main ingredients we want to include are going to be different types of carbohydrates. Sodium uh, can either be sodium bicarbonate or sodium citrate and not a whole lot else. Um, other ingredients are helpful, flavoring elements, but it's primarily the 
carbohydrates, sugars, and the sodium. Gotcha. And is there anything that we should not be seeing in our sport drinks? It's important to watch out for different types of stimulants. So, you know, I don't think that energy drinks are generally considered to be sports drinks when we're talking to endurance athletes, but there is a long list of different types of stimulants such as um, guarana, taurine, ginseng, I think we mentioned earlier. Um, also caffeine is common, green tea extract. Like if you see a sports drink that has more than one or two of these, it's a bit of a red flag of having too many stimulants in it. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Um, and what if, what if someone sees proprietary blend on a sport drink? I, I don't think I've ever seen that, but just in case. Red flag. <laughs> red flag right away. <laughs> Stay away. Um, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's it's an indication that the company is intentionally hiding something. Maybe they think they have a secret they want to keep, but also they're not being transparent. So uh, especially in a sports drink, when we don't have much research on um, ingredients other than the carbohydrates and the sodium, really don't need that much, that much else. Yep. Agreed. So in a couple different podcasts before we talked about fueling recommendations, kind of like on a per hour basis, I'd say just high level. Can you give us uh, good recommendations or they'll probably be a little broad as it fits general athletes. Um, but what should be, what should we be looking to consume per hour from a uh, calories, maybe fluid ounces or the electrolytes slash sodium that you're talking about? Okay. For each of those are going to be different. So we'll have, we'll go carbohydrates first. Um, it depends on the length of exercise you're doing and also to some degree the intensity. But um, standard recommendations are any exercise that's under 60 minutes. You don't necessarily need anything during the workout. So not, not necessarily fluids, carbs, or sodium. Um, if you feel like it helps you to get through the workout, that is helpful in itself. But metabolically, there's not a direct benefit. <clears throat> so once we get above 60 to 90 minutes, that's when um, carbohydrates, fluid and sodium do become important. And you will perform better during your workout with that fuel and fluid on board than if you don't. So it's imperative at that point. Um, if you're concerned about your performance, we talked earlier, like if you're just going on a hike with your family, like you'll probably feel better, but don't necessarily need that to survive. Um, but if you're an athlete, Hopefully not. <laughs> you're on a training plan, you care about your performance or even just having a good time and like making sure your brain is working and your body is working, having these, uh, having this fuel and fluid on board is going to be important. So once we get above 90 minutes, any workout between 90 minutes and two hours, <clears throat> that is in the 30 to 60 grams of carb time. And then anything above two and a half hours, we're getting into the 60 to 90 plus grams of carb per hour. So it is a sliding scale, um, depending on the length of the workout and the intensity will determine what end of the range you're on there. Um, and also training status, heat, there's a bunch of other factors, but um, that's for carbohydrates. And that's, like I said, dependent on the time. Yeah. Um, for fluid, the 
standard guidelines are based on replacing fluid lost from sweat. So most people lose one to two pounds per hour. That's 16 to 32 ounces. That's one to two cycling small short bottles per hour. Um, again, it'll depend on your sweat rate, how what the climate is you're training or competing in, um, what feels good. And so, but generally speaking, we're trying to replace the fluid lost from sweat. Um, so now we have carbs and fluid and then sodium uh, and electrolytes. Again, the intention is to replace the electrolytes that we lost from sweat. So most people's sweat concentration is 40 to 80 millimoles per liter um, of sweat. So that may not mean much to you. <laughs> I don't know if you talk or think in millimoles very often, but um, all the time, Kristen. It's, yeah, all it's the time. Really, what I'm doing on on this end of things. Yeah, I probably sweated five millimoles like in the last ten minutes. <laughs> sweat. <laughs> For example. Uh, but uh, standard recommendation from the uh, ACSM, American College of Sports Medicine, is 300 to 600 milligrams of sodium per hour. Um, 300 to 600 milligrams of sodium per hour. Okay. That's the standard recommendation. You can go above that. There are some products, some uh, conditions that would uh, benefit from having higher than that. And I'm not really mentioning any other electrolytes such as um, potassium, manganese, magnesium. There's just not as much research to support having those in a sports drink. Mainly it's sodium. If you were to overdo on electrolytes or if you self-identify as a salty sweater, I mean, is there an upper range to not consume per hour in the way of sodium intake? There is. And um, that's more based on the osmolarity of the sports drink or the mode of electrolytes you're taking in. So osmolarity is the exchange of ions in and out of the cell. And so generally when we're talking about it in relation to sports drinks, we're talking about um, how sodium and other uh, compounds that influence transferring of molecules in and out of the gut. So short answer is if you have too much sodium or too many carbs or too many carbs and sodium, in your sports drink, you're actually going to pull water into the gut um, instead of out of the gut into the body. So at some point, you're not only not getting the nutrients you need, um, that's when you get things like bloating and what's called gut rot because you're and you're also bonking at the same time. It's absolutely awful. Not recommended. So I think for a lot of listeners, it's just like, if you, and we'll go through these sport drinks and even talk about some examples. Uh, but if you put too much stuff in your sport drink, it's not going to absorb properly. And we'll keep it as simple as that. And many of these sport drinks that we talk about are going to be formulated uh, at the right concentrations, hopefully to avoid that gut rot. But as you know, we'll talk about some implications too about eating whole food with sport drinks as we go. But when you identify or when you feel 
that gut rot that Kristen was just describing. It's usually you just have too much stuff in your, in your stomach for the given intensity on the given moment. All right. Well, now that we have like that framework of fueling per hour, which may be a refresher for some, um, based on some podcasts we've done, other podcasts out there, th- those are all real standard recommendations for fueling for endurance athletes. I want to go into different sport drinks and how we organize this is simply high carb, moderate carb, and then low or no carb. We'll kind of finish everything with just pure water and how that plays a role, but I'll kick it over to you, Kristen. When we talk about a high-carb sport drink mix, how many carbohydrates in the bottle are we talking about here? When and why would you use something like that? I would consider a high-carb drink mix to have anything that's above 200, really. And generally, you'll see them in like the 250 up to 400 calories per bottle range. But there's really not that many products that are in like the 150 to 200. Like I almost never see anything that's like 175 calories um, per bottle. So 200 plus. um, These products are really helpful uh, in a few different contexts. So um, if we're talking about like if, if we could pump anything into you depending on the event, uh, generally, we're going to want more carbs in events that are two, three plus hours. So if you're doing a longer training ride or a longer race, um, anything that's going to require that 60 to 90 grams plus, that's when these high calorie drink mixes can come in handy. Um, also, logistically. So this is something I talk with a lot of the athletes that I work with. For example, on the national team, um, we're bringing over, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds, or even women that are on the elite team, but are new to racing bikes. They might've come from rowing. Apparently half our athletes are now were rowers and now they're on the national team for cycling. Need a big engine for both sports. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, they're, they're thrown into these European races that have these really intense tight packs and, uh, There's a lot of stimulus. They don't necessarily have the time to get snacks out of their pockets and take their hands off the bars for drinks. So the high calorie drink mixes can be really helpful to get your, your carbs, calories, electrolytes, fluids, all just in one mode um, that you're not having to organize a bunch of other types of food or fluid. So that's one context. I think it can be really helpful. Um, Something like a gravel race is similar where the first hour or two, if you're racing it, it can get really intense and you don't necessarily have the time or the capacity to take things out. Um, So having high calorie drink mix in a bladder is the easiest way. Like if you have a a hose and all you have to do is drink out of the hose, you're going to get everything you need really easily. Exactly. And, and when I'm telling my athletes this or kind of organizing the strategy is like, if it's high intensity, more technical, more chaotic, that's when we want the simple approach of the higher calorie or higher, higher carbohydrate sport drink mix. And when Kristen's talking about 200 calorie to 400 calorie per hour, that's we're talking like 50 to a hundred grams of carbohydrate per hour. Um, cause there's, there's nothing else in these sport drinks. There's no protein, there's no fat. So, um, Simply divide by four and you get your, uh, grams of carbohydrates. Um, I also, Kristen, and, and this is just like 
in the field and also like me and most of my athletes, but like for cooler to moderate temperatures, the higher carbohydrate, higher calorie sport drink sits pretty good. But as soon as the temperature increases, the higher carb doesn't sit as well. What's going on there? Mm, good or question. Do you not see that on your end? In a perfect world, we would be, uh, depending on the event, we could get, you know, bottles from the car that are ice <laughs> and <have laughs> chilled sports drinks, but that's not the reality of most of us. Um, no. uh, I have seen and heard that again, the gut is taxed during endurance exercise in general, but especially in the heat. So it decreases the rate at which compound substrate can be taken from the gut out into the body. And you're going to feel that. Um, so yes, anecdotally, I've, I've worked with athletes that had a hard time with high calorie drink mixes um, during hot events. Um, the only part that I'd uh, counter that with is, and I do have quite a few athletes that drink less in really cold conditions because their drinks are cold. So if you have all of your calories and your fluid or in your electrolytes in your bottles and you're only drinking like half a frozen bottle on a 30 degree ride, like <laughs> it's not going to be very helpful. So sometimes I will actually push more um, or like a lower, more like a moderate sports drink in the winter to get more calories from food. That makes sense. And I think too, I mean, if the temperature's hotter, you're going to be sweating more, there'll be less fluid available, say in the gut. And then all of a sudden we're back to our osmolarity or like our gut rot, uh, potential situation. Um, so I think that can only be teased out through experience though. And you just, you got to go and, and see what works for yourself. Um, before we wrap up the high carb, high calorie drink mixes, um, what kind of brands are, are we talking about? Like what would be a good example? And, and again, for our listeners, we're brand neutral here. So everything that we're recommending is just to kind of like steer you in the right direction of sorts. So Kristen, what are some of those examples? Yeah. Uh, infinite nutrition was arguably the first brand to have high calorie drink mixes. They, oh. their tagline since they started was everything in your bottle. Um, yep. So infinite nutrition, they also do custom drink mix formulas, which are interesting. Um, Scratch keeps changing their name. Uh, I thought it was, I keep calling it super fuel, but it's actually Everybody high carb. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like high carb or something, you know, so, but their uh, black packaging, <laughs> High carb, uh, super high carb. I think it's super high carb. I think it is. I think it's um, and then we have Goo Roctane, which is um, to around 250 calories a bottle. It's like 240 to 260 or something like that. Yep. Tailwind is um, really popular among runners and trail runners, <clears throat> also cyclists. Um, and then Gnarly Nutrition, which is a newer company, they have a product called Fuel 2.0, um, which is designed to be a higher calorie drink mix as well. And of course, you, you got the Mortons of the world um, right. that are higher calorie and uh, fairly popular. Um, I also have some friends and some athletes making their own homebrew. Uh, do you recommend any of that or do you have a secret recipe that you would want to share? I do have a recipe. It's not very secret, um, but it's really cheap. 
So at some point I got a bit nerdy and priced out like per hundred calories, how much some of the sports drinks were. Um, and I realized I could make it myself for like 10% of the cheapest one. Um, but it's, it's a mix of glucose powder, regular table sugar, sodium citrate. I do put some potassium and then just um, like powdered lemon flavoring, which is really just powdered lemon. Yeah. Um, really simple, easy to put together. Uh, you do go through it really quickly. If you're using 300 calories, 400 calories a bottle, like you make this giant quantity, you're like, oh, this will last me for months. And then it lasts a couple of weeks, <laughs> depending yeah. on how much you're training. <laughs> Just stirring garbage bag fulls of the stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and no proprietary blends in that either, folks. Did Nothing. you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So for the high carb, um, high, high calorie drink mixes, I mean, that's the reason why you'd use them. Um, and that's some of the ingredients that are in it. So let's swing to moderate carb. And can you describe what a moderate carbohydrate or a moderate calorie sport drink looks like in the way of composition calories and when we would want to use it? Moderate calorie sports drinks are going to be around 90 to 150 calories per bottle. Um, the reason I'm talking calories is one on the nutrition facts labeled the easiest one to look for. Um, and like you said, Adam, it's almost always all, from all carbs anyway. So if you know you're getting a certain amount of calories, it's coming from carbs. Um, so examples of those are going to be scratch hydrate, uh, which also changed its name. It used to be exercise hydration. Now it's hydrate. Um, Osmo endurance hydration, noon podium, their podium series. They have a product called endurance. Um, Heed is one. Uh, Martin has their 160. So the 320 would be a high calorie, but the 160 is the moderate calorie. Are the, the different carbohydrate combinations or the different sugars the same in there? And is it just simply more of it in the higher carb or is there anything that they change there with the carbohydrate composition? Depends on the product. Uh, I'm using the word depends, but um, so some of the high calorie, high carb sports drinks, they scratch as an example, they have like a proprietary, they do have a proprietary, they have a, super starch, um, which uh, is supposed to be have a faster gastric emptying rate, which means it comes out of the gut more quickly and is absorbed at a higher rate. So uh, it also affects the blood sugar. It gets to the bloodstream more quickly. And so um, some of those higher carb products, they'll actually have fancier types of carbs that you might not have heard of. But the moderate ca calorie sports drinks, moderate carb ones are going to have more traditional um, ingredients such as glucose, dextrose, maltodextrin, sucrose. Um, and anything over two hours, the research shows that having a mix of types of carbohydrates will be helpful to performance, getting a higher rate of carbohydrates into the cell. Yeah. And that's, and that's the primary reason why I bring it up is for everybody to understand that tip in, 
we can link to some research on from Asker's Jukun group on this. Um, but if you have a two sugar combination, you're going to absorb more into the gut with less gut rot sort of issue. And that's, that's my primary point, bringing it up. And then also, uh, just clarify like the scratch, uh, I think it's clustered dextrin that they use. It's, it's not a proprietary blend, but it is of specific. Um, and I think it's like, in the actual chem- like molecule structure of storts. That's, that's what's getting there. It's not like super secret, like this proprietary blend of like herbs and things like that, that we were making jokes about before, uh, just to clarify on that one. But the two sugar combination that is important to, um, to identify in these sport drinks in the way of electrolytes. Uh, I typically, my observation is, are there more electrolytes in these moderate carbohydrate sport drink mixes versus the high carb or what's going on with the electrolytes there? Yes. And, um, that was, uh, new to me too, since so many of these high calorie, hard carb drink mixes are coming out now. Um, you can actually compare more than rather than when there was only one or two brands doing it. So the, um, high carb ones generally do have less milligrams of sodium per serving compared to the moderate. And one of the inferences here is, um, you need to keep the drink mix osmolarically balanced, like I was mentioning earlier. And both carb, carbohydrates and sodium affect the exchange of those molecules. So if you have higher carb, you're going to need, to a certain extent, lower sodium to make sure that ion exchange is working properly. On the, uh, <laughs> the layman side of things, the way I think about it is, there's only so much stuff you can put into your bottle before your stomach doesn't want to take it in. Right. So the more stuff does not equal better. There is, there is some optimal, um, science that goes on here, which is why, uh, I don't know, buying a specific sport drink is pretty simple and straightforward. If you're smart, like, uh, Miss Arnold here, you can, you can make your own homebrew. Um, but, uh, anything else in the way of the moderate carbohydrate, uh, I should ask typically when do you advise athletes to use this sort of sport drink? Anything under two hours. So anything yeah. under two hours, the moderate sports drink is going to be a great option. Um, it means you can get other calories from more nutrient dense options, foods, and that the, yeah, you just don't necessarily need uh, 400 calories per hour for something that's under two hours. Sometimes as well, like we, if we go back to some of the scenarios and even in my intro, I said, I'll sometimes use two different sport drinks on the day. If you go to the gravel scenario, it starts pretty crazy. We just need to put calories in. Then the pace levels off later on in the day. We're going to be eating bars and rice cakes and some other things. I'll switch. Typically I'll switch to a moderate carbohydrate with higher electrolytes later in the day to what I think is the strategy of getting the, the food stuff right in the, in the belly so that everything keeps on absorbing. Typically these are a little sweeter too. So it starts to change up, um, on, on the palate and in some change in long events is just, is good for emotional palate. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Um, one, one thing to keep in mind is you never ever want to mix drink mixes. Um, like you never want to put um, have a moderate calorie drink mix and then uh, think, oh, I'm just going to add more calories. So I'm going to add like one scoop of, of super of the super high carb drink mix. And 
I actually have been seeing more athletes doing this on the national team. Um, we had several athletes that were requesting these, like, uh, you know, they had put three different things in their bottles. Um, <laughs> so that was a good teaching moment that that is literally a recipe for gut rot. Um, like we mentioned earlier, the osmolaric balance is super important. And as soon as you start to disrupt that and you're using a product, not as how it was intended, that's going to be tricky. I've been guilty of that, Kristen, I will admit. Um, and once I started to just like keep them separate, I've had better success. Just letting everybody know that. Uh, but yeah, that, that is good. I mean, I think the temptation is, oh, they're both the same sugars. They're both the same company. Why not mix and match? But um, typically, yeah, that's what I've seen out of my athletes is even if you have one good experience, it, it likely will not occur in all scenarios. So best to keep it simple with how they're formulating it. Now to the low or no carbohydrate with just electrolyte drink mixes. These can be tabs. They can be um, uh, mixes in, in themselves. Why and when can you remind us to use something like this when we don't need any calories or anything like that? Yeah. The no calorie, no carb sports drinks um, or drink mixes are actually super useful um, outside of exercise. So to a certain extent, we can only replace so many of the calories or the energy or the electrolytes. Um, still use electrolytes since these products don't have any calories in them. There's only so many electrolytes we can pump in our bodies during exercise that are going to get absorbed. But you can actually store extra electrolytes going into a ride or an event. Um, also, you'll need to replace everything that you lost post-exercise. So these no-calorie sports drinks are great to use um, before, after, during the day, and or on a like a low volume day, like a you know like a forty-five minute or less workout. Just to the hydration bit of it, and those who are nerdy glucose people monitoring that every day. Um, yeah, if you're chilling out. At night, you don't want a glucose response, but you want to stay hydrated for the next day. Great, great option to do this. Meanwhile, the 60-minute workout uh, for heavy sweaters, also a great option here. Um, question, Kristen, would you mix and match here at all? Like, can I put in some scratch uh, exercise, scratch moderate carb, and then drop in a, a, a noon tablet or something like that? Or is that a big no-no? Not recommended. <laughs> um, outside of exercise, the gut is going to take in whatever it needs to take in. And you have as much time to digest it as you need, right? So outside of exercise, we, we you know, you could put two tablets in a liter of water. Um, it may not taste great, but you're going to absorb it at some point. It's really the during exercise piece that it's... Um, that we need to be more careful with what we're concentrating the fluid with. And how about pure water? Where does uh, good old H2O fit into all this equations? Anything under 60 minutes, um, obviously outside of exercise, just staying on top of hydration status in general, um, post-exercise, and also during on-rise as a palate cleanser. So, um, 
I know a lot of athletes and I do recommend sometimes that, especially if it's a gravel event or an off-road where they have a hydration pack, having one of their bottles with water um, essentially just cleanses the palate and allows them to get more food and fluid in because they don't have uh, flavor fatigue, right? So in sports science, um, flavor is actually studied a lot, like the concentration of flavor, the types of flavor, uh, switching the flavors up. And they've done a lot of research to see what kinds of uh, amounts and types of flavors athletes like. And palate and flavor fatigue is real. Uh, if you're getting bored of your sports drink, you're not going to drink it during a four-hour event. So the water can be helpful there too. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm doing these um, fueling strategy um, conversations with, with athletes, is I'm, I'm putting in pure water there. It, often, um, and whether it is, like you said, uh, hydration in the pack in the bladder and then, uh, water in the bottle or one bottle of high carb, one bottle of pure water, it still has its role for sure. Uh, now some athletes and some coaches, I know they'll just run sport drink all day and they're fine with it. I don't, <laughs> I like the pure water. I think it does help with the flavor fatigue as well as just keeping a nice healthy gut. So don't overlook pure water and, you know, sport drinks are great. They're formulated specifically for us doing silly things on bikes at intensity, but pure water still has a very important place here. All right, Kristen. Well, to kind of summarize all of our points here, I, I think it, my main point and my, like the big picture here is don't look at just one brand of sport drink or one category of sport drink and say that this is the end all be all for everything I do on a bicycle. I really encourage everybody to look at uh, different calorie or different carbohydrate sport drink mixes and think about how it's going to fit into their training for the day, their racing and overall strategy. Um, what else in the way of electrolytes or what else in the way uh, that we talked about today would you add into that summary? Yep, definitely look for products that also uh, sports drinks are more in the food category than they are supplements, but considering sports drinks that have third-party certifications, um, certifications such as Informed Sport or NSF or NSF for Sport. These, um, like I said, they're not as common because it's not a pill or a capsule, uh, but it's still considered a supplement. They're still putting powders in there. So just be aware of where your product is coming from um, and look for ones that have third-party certifications. Excellent. Well, Kristen, thank you again for joining us on the Time Crunch Cyclist podcast. And, you know, like last time, I'm going to ask you kind of the, the shameless plug of if somebody's listening here and if they they want to work with you, are you taking on clients and how best can they get in, in touch with you? Yes, I am taking new clients. Uh, I'm rebuilding my website, which I'm really excited about. So there's going to be a big, fancy new rebrand. Um, but my website is arnoldrdn.com. Excellent. And, uh, are you on the socials or are you, uh, taking a break from the socials after a huge <laughs> cycling season or how can <laughs> well, people contact you there? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on there. Whether I'm posting or not is a different story right now. Again, that's, <laughs> that'll be with the rebrand. Um, cool. but the, my Instagram handle is Kristen K Arnold. Um, yeah, at Kristen K Arnold. We'll put that in there. And folks, like I said, I mean, Kristen has become a great, uh, trusted person in, um, the 
performance circle that I work in. And if you do have any questions on sport drink, general nutrition, anything like that, Kristen is a, is a great resource. So definitely reach out to her. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Adam. Yeah. Thanks. And, uh, stay hydrated folks. Thanks for joining us on the time crunch cyclist podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you want even more actionable training advice, head over to trainright.com backslash newsletter and subscribe to our free weekly publication. Each week, you'll get in-depth training content that goes beyond what we cover here on the podcast that'll help you take your training to the next level. That's all for now. Until next time, train hard, train smart, train right.